You are now listening to One Hour School Life, the official sports podcast of Pin Oak Middle School. All right, welcome into another episode of One Hour School Wide. This is your host, Mr. Mertz. This is another special episode. We have special guests with us today um, from the Nike Game Growers Initiative. We have Pin Oak's own Alexandra Busey and Karina Lancaster, who have been recently selected uh, by Nike. I think it's in partnership with the Houston Rockets to, and it's an, it, um, it's a it's a it's a program. It's an initiative to keep young women involved in sports, and uh, a great cause. And uh, what an honor for those two young ladies to be a part of. And um, they're going to be talking to uh, Charlie Graff and Weston Benner um, coming up in a few minutes. So stick around for that for that interview. Um, with that, uh, we'll talk a little bit about my thoughts on this week of sports. First, I want to start off and say um, it is um, it's five o'clock on Friday, uh, March twelfth. So happy spring break to everyone. Spring break has officially began, and uh, with it comes one of my favorite um, sporting events of the year, and that will be the NCAA basketball tournament, which will start officially next week. With the uh, first four games, um, first four, meaning that the first four teams in. So there'll be two games on Tuesday, and then the first rounds, uh, one through 16 seeds will play on that Thursday and Friday. So um, really fun two days of watching sports. Um, it starts at about, what, 10, 30, 11 a.m., and it doesn't end till about that same time at night. So um pretty awesome. And it's, uh, I'm glad that it's spring break. So I don't have to, uh, play hooky from work. <laughs> um, good time to like call in sick as those days. Um, not that I have ever, ever done that, but, um, if you do have to work, it is a good day to call in sick and watch those, uh, basketball tournament, the basketball tournament for those two days, especially the first two rounds or I think are some of the most fun. Um, I, th- I feel like that's when most of the upsets usually happen. Um, and those Cinderella teams uh, get in there. And uh, teams that, um, like the university I went to, um, which isn't in NCAA Division One, but small schools like the, like the school, like the college I went to, uh, Southwestern Oklahoma State University. Um, it's fun to see those small schools have a chance to play like um, a North Carolina or a Duke, even though Duke's not going to be in it this year. Um, but schools like that, and it's even more fun to see those teams beat one of those bigger schools, um, unless it's Oklahoma, and then and then it's not very fun for me. Um, speaking of Oklahoma, uh, let's talk a little bit about their um, very abbreviated run in the Big 12 tournament. Um, Wednesday, they played Iowa State, and this is the third time that they played Iowa State this year, and like all three times they played, like the other two times they played Iowa State, the, they struggled, uh, struggled to kind of put the Cyclones away and it ended up being a lot closer game than it should have been, but OU got the win. It was good to see OU get a win finally. First time they'd won in four games, so that was good. Um, and then yesterday they played Kansas and was down by 23 at one point, I think, in the first half. Made a comeback, came all the way back to within, I think, three points, but was unable to get over the hump and lost to Kansas. And um, 
Definitely going to be in the tournament, probably a six or a seven seed. But, you know, two or three weeks ago, they were ranked seventh in the country. And it looks like they were going to be a two or a three seed and, you know, probably a walk to make it to that second weekend of the NCAA tournament and, you know, a chance to make the Elite Eight or something, you know. But now it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, if the Sooners can get past the first round, that would be, that would be impressive. I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with that. Um, you never know what happens though. Like what we just talked about, um, you know, if you, if you win your first game, then somebody could get upset and then you're playing somebody, you know, one of those smaller schools that, um, you know, maybe riding a high from, from upsetting somebody and catch, catch, uh, the tournament falls the right way for you and you get to advance this week's sweet 16. But I don't know. I don't really see it happening. Uh, the Kansas State game, the second half, was uh, so on brand for what uh, OU has been doing in the last five or six games where um, it's a close game there with about four or five minutes to go, and then the other team hits, you know, two, three, four three-pointers on, you know, a few possessions, and Oklahoma doesn't manage the uh, late-game possessions very well, turnover, missed easy shots, and then you end up losing the game. So. Pretty much what happened again on uh, last night on Thursday. So, um, but I did hear something earlier that maybe Kansas was uh, out of the tournament now because uh, I have not uh, been on. Yeah, positive positive COVID tests have not Kansas out of the Big Twelve tournament. So, um, I wonder if that means that OU will have a positive test uh, coming up and maybe affect their uh, NCAA tournament bid. I don't, I don't know. Um, kind of unlucky. In a way, uh, if this would have happened yesterday, um, OU would have advanced to uh, the semifinals or, uh, yeah, semifinals, but um, it didn't. So uh, I guess that means, let's see, whoever wins versus uh, Tex, who won last night? I'm not even sure who won. I have not been on Twitter at all today, you guys. Uh, I've been busy. You know, it's that, you know, day before spring break or the day, uh, yeah, the day before spring break, and there's been a lot going on. Let me... Let me look this up real fast. Who won that game last night between Texas and Texas Tech? Oh, it's Texas won by a point. So it looks like Texas has uh, already advanced to the semifinals. Or are they already now automatically in the final? I think they're automatically now in the final because they don't have an opponent. So uh, that'll be interesting. I'm probably going to play Baylor. Um, I did see a stat the other day that uh, none of the Texas schools have won the Big 12 tournament before. Was that accurate? I don't, that doesn't seem right, but the stat I saw that it didn't have any of the Texas schools and Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, none of them have won the Big 12 tournament before. Hmm. Maybe this is the year. We'll see. Uh, anyway, so I'm really excited about the NCAA basketball tournament. Um, and uh, it's always fun to watch. And for me, as a fan, it's uh, even more fun when uh, when OU makes it into the tournament. Uh, I will be filling out a bracket, but uh, I will not be picking OU to move much past the, uh, maybe past the first, first round, but probably not past the second round, based on how uh, they've been playing lately. Still a good season, though, for them. Uh, a team that probably... The beginning of the year wasn't really destined probably for the tournament and it looks like they're going to make the tournament now so uh well they're, they're going to make the tournament so definitely a successful season but a season that when looking back on you know probably could have been better probably should have been better 
All right, let's uh, shift our focus to uh, soccer for a brief few minutes before we wrap this up today. Um, uh, the Dynamo have a couple, two games on their schedule so far. We have uh, the home opener versus the San Jose Quakes, which will be on the 24th of, I'm uh, sorry, the 16th of April, and then a road game versus Portland on the 24th. Um, so whenever the Dynamo's full schedule comes out, we'll do a fun thing and we'll uh, try to guess um, what the Dynamo will do in those games, whether it's a win, draw, or a tie, or you know, or a loss. Um, for based on these first two games so far, I would say the San Jose game probably the worst scenario on that would hopefully be a draw. Probably a game you should win. Probably at home if you're going to have any success this season. And then the Portland game at Portland. That's probably a game you're hoping for a draw. Um, probably most likely going to be a loss. So uh, we'll see what happens in that, though. Getting excited, though. Finally starting to see some games populate the schedule for uh, the Dynamo. And uh, got my got my new kit last weekend, so I'm really excited to, uh, to make it out to the stadium and wear it. Um, Premier, Premier League, for just a quick moment, um... My favorite team, uh, the Chelsea Blue Lions, play Leeds tomorrow morning at 6.30. Um, I will probably not be awake for that. Um, well, I definitely won't be awake for the... I'll probably be awake, but I'll be out most likely running, working out in the mornings on Saturday. So I probably won't be able to watch most of the game. Um, but it's at Leeds. It's a game that Chelsea should probably win. They're only three points back of Leicester City to be third and only four points back of Man U Manchester United for a second. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. They did get a big win on Monday of this week uh, versus Everton, which put them a full four, four points ahead of Everton, and uh, who is in sixth, and two points ahead of West Ham, who is in fifth. So it looks like uh, Chelsea's making... Um, Making a late run here at the end of the EPL season. <clears throat> Not going to catch Manchester City, though, but it looks like they uh, have a good chance of qualifying for a uh, Champions League uh, next year. So, um, And that will most likely wrap it up for me. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout-out to the Pin Oak football team last night. I believe they won 30-7 to over Westbriar, so... Uh, pretty big offensive game I've heard from a few of our players. So I wanted to give uh, the, the football, the eighth grade football team and coach Grantham and those guys who have uh, been going through a lot of COVID stuff um, as far as, you know, having to delay the season and push everything back and try to jam everything into the spring semester. So I want to, I want to give them a shout out and it's, it's good to see their hard work um, translate into W's and uh, it's always good to hear. Um, about 90 yard touchdown passes uh, by the eighth grade team. So uh, that's awesome. So congrats to those guys. Um, we do have, um, we do have coach Grantham scheduled for an interview. Uh, well, he's on the list to be scheduled for an interview uh, soon. Um, so hopefully we can get him in and talk to him about the season before the season's uh, over. So we'll see what happens there. All right. Um, thank you guys for listening and um, have a great spring break. And once again, coming up next is the interview with Alexandra Busey and Karina Lancaster.
Hello, welcome back to Hoops and Hits. So today we're joining some special guests. We have Alexander Ducey and Karina Lancaster. So, uh, Charlie, you want to start us off? Yes, I will. Okay, so we've heard a lot of good things about y'all on the announcement. So tell us about the initiative y'all are a part of. We are part of Nike Game Growers, which is a program that will help get more female athletes into sports. Cool, cool. So tell us, how did you apply to this initiative? We applied on this website that we found. There is an application that we filled out and a bunch of other people in Texas did. And that's how we got chosen. Amazing. So how did you feel when you got the news that you, you two have been picked? We were very excited and we didn't really expect because we didn't hear for them for a while after like until we got found out we got picked so it's definitely very exciting and we were very excited to start the process of making our idea a reality did y'all realize you got picked on the morning announcements that morning we did but we found out the day before that we did okay okay so um how long will you be in this initiative for i think it's until we are in the initiative until may to june okay okay so did y'all receive any cool swag or like any cool gear from um getting accepted into this we did we got some rockets gear and we got to go to one of the games nice okay so the final questions will be up to weston so uh here you go yeah. that is incredible so i understand that y'all play sports as well so what sports do you play i play soccer and volleyball and I play lacrosse, volleyball, and basketball. Wow, that is incredible. So, how do you um, how do you feel that this initiative is going to help improve girl attendance in sports? Like, what are you hoping to change or make better? We are hoping to provide mentorship abilities for young females and a program that connects older athletes with younger ones so that they can build relationships with each other and it'll help inspire and give advice and answer questions. So it'll provide positive relationships within athletics for females. Yes, yeah, definitely. Mentorship is incredible. So uh, you mentioned that it was from May to June. Are they going to see if they can still do import person meetings or are they doing it virtually? We are going to try to do some in-persons or virtual. We haven't fully figured that out yet, but we're still in the process. Yeah. So how many people, because I imagine if it was in person, um, how many people are in this initiative? Well, it depends on how many people we are, um, who join, but we are looking from anywhere from 20 to around 50 people to join. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. And so what exactly is um, your job? Like, do you, are you um, going to different schools and providing mentorship opportunities? Or are you building a website and saying, okay, this is how you can get in touch with people? Or, um, yeah, how are you going to improve girl attendance? We are going to make a program to help girls come and interact with each other. We have an Instagram right now. It's the pack underscore Houston, where you can find more details about it. That's incredible. So how many game growers are there nationwide? 
And are there any uh, like overseas or internationally? There's around um, 40 teams with two people each. So Man, this that's extremely selective. Congratulations. Thank that you. Is incredible. Um, and is it is it just with basketball or is it with uh, many different sports? And do you just um, mentor basketball uh, players? So it's really for any female athletes because it, we just want to get any female athletes more into sports. And we do volleyball, basketball, soccer, and lacrosse. That is incredible. Do y'all have uh, any mentors who you feel like have inspired you to keep playing this game? Well, personally, a lot of people on the U.S. women's national team have inspired me, like Alex Morgan and Tobin Heath, because ever since I was little, they've really made a difference in female sports, specifically soccer. And it's just really been a, someone I can look up to to further my game. Yeah. How about you, Karina? Uh, my parents are very helpful and encouraging just and really good role models for me because my dad and my mom are both athletes and they have really encouraged me to push in my sports. So yeah. Definitely. And uh, as we close this out, do y'all like have a message for anyone listening or? We just want to tell anyone in sports, specifically females, but anyone really, People are going to tell you you can't do it, and we know you can. If you keep pushing, you'll get there. And it, if, as long as you persevere and keep pushing, you'll meet your goal that you want to, And because you are the limit to your abilities. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Welcome back to Hoops and Hits, your college basketball podcast and baseball. Let's get it's March. It's tournament time. Let's look at the big tournaments. What do you want to start with? I, I think we should start with the Big Ten, most well, talented one in basketball. A couple of big games in the Big Ten or stuff that we need to talk about. So first, so Michigan beat Michigan, Michigan State, State on Thursday, and then lost Upset to Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, and so that that was huge. Great one for Michigan State. Great one. Yeah, I think they might be in. Yeah, I think uh, they, they can. They can. I think they can shock a lot of people this year. You never know how good they'll. It's always an interesting team because a couple years ago they Michigan were one State team, has one of the most, now they're like a. They could be like a. Seven. Michigan State has one of the best coaches. Is why. Yes, and then. And Michigan State's been there. They've won the big game. That is true. Oklahoma State. Beat, uh, he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I think he can form he have a like cha- championship team, and he can pull off upsets in this tournament. Definitely, and uh, Oklahoma State beat West Virginia, so that was big for Oklahoma State. I think they're like number eleven. Well, now. You have to talk about Oklahoma State. They are not supposed to be in the tournament this year. They're I mean, doing their field, but Oklahoma State's not supposed to be in the tournament. They're they're great. Um, but they're um, not supposed to be in the tournament. They're not going to be in because of their. Wait, why? Yeah, I mean, okay, that's true, but okay. like, okay, you're looking at Kate Cunningham, a possible Wooden Award winner. They can 
pull off upsets on him. You never know who it's going to be. If he just does what he does best, and that's scoring, they, they'll be a Sweet 16 Elite 8 team. Wait, but why can't they be in the tournament? Uh, they're not, not going to be in the tournament. Uh, I don't know. but And then you have uh, Illinois solidifying at like that number three, number four seed, beating Ohio State. So a lot of upset in the Big 12. Yeah, I think... I think as of now, they're a lock for one seed. You just look at how good they are. And especially that win over Michigan. Uh, we talked about last week how yeah. they found their best player. And they still be Michigan in Ann Arbor by 23. So I think now Gonzaga, if, if they can challenge Gonzaga just because of how good, how much depth they have. Yeah, I think Gonzaga's still in the There's only a couple teams that can do that. I think Michigan's kind of falling. Like, I. Gonzaga's number, number one. They're undefeated. I mean, yeah, but I think Michigan will show up at the Big Ten tournament. I think they'll I mean, show they redeem themselves. They're, they're not, not. I don't know if they. I'd rank them number two, but I think they're still a they're one. Seed. As bad as people think. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. No. Or a two yeah. seed. They're not. They're not one seed. If one seed, though, they are not. No one's going to be Illinois, Baylor, and Gonzaga. Yeah. But then so you then you add Michigan. Yeah. Number five, Iowa. What else would you do? And, like, Iowa, like we talked about, they're very inconsistent. Unless Iowa won the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, Iowa, but, like, they barely beat Wisconsin when they're supposed to be number five, which, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. You shouldn't be, like, barely winning by four points to an almost unranked team. I think. Not awful, though. No, no, no. They're not awful. They're they're very good, but I think. Okay, yeah. Here's my piece for Iowa. They're in the Big Ten. They're in, like, the best conference. Conference. They're gonna have to go through a lot of teams. Illinois, Michigan. If they can win the Big Ten, beating all those teams. But then, that's a little. But if they like, say they, 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 like, say they lose in like the championship or semifinal, it'll be a two team. Yeah, then they win by six, and then they win by forty against Nebraska. So that's why I just I don't really have a good reading on them yet. Texas versus Oklahoma. Nebraska's awful at basketball. No, but like that was a very evenly matched thing. I'm. I mean, Texas barely – well, yeah, Texas won by, like, four points. But I think that 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 is a good game. Those two are evenly matched. And so Yeah, then, I think they're both going to be in the same, like, seeding. Like, they'll probably yeah. both be, like, five seeds or four seeds. And But I don't see Texas or Oklahoma – well, no, maybe Oklahoma. I don't see Texas going far in the tournament. I don't know. I don't see Oklahoma, Oklahoma either. Oklahoma, they're not that. They're a little overrated. Then they got shown. Then they lost to like Alabama or something. They so it's not that good of a team. I think they'll lose the first round. Who do they play? Texas. I don't think they're making it far in the Big Twelve tournament. I think. No. I think Baylor will make it far. Uh huh. Or you know, I think Texas Tech. Now what about um? What about a team like Kansas? You're thinking like Texas Tech. They had a rocky start, and now they're like, they beat, um, a couple weeks ago, they beat Baylor. That's so, what do you think they can do in the tournament? I think they can make a run. I think they'll be a two seed. But also, like, I don't, be, I don't know if Baylor should be I think, number three. Like, right now, I feel like Baylor's playing at a higher quality than Michigan is. I mean, they did. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they have those long games after the break. When they lost to Kansas, but 
Yeah. Um, Baylor, you know, beat Oklahoma State. Yeah, but if you look at Baylor, they're still the better team. They're the better team over Michigan. Exactly. I don't think that they should be ranked below them. And also, Baylor has Jared Butler. Like, just... Baylor had a rocky start after their COVID pause, and now they're coming back alive. Exactly. But, I mean, what can you expect? Like, it's hard to get back into the rhythm. But, so, those are important games. So, now we, we should talk about, like, who's winning the conference championships. So, a lot of them are locked already, but... uh. Yeah, let's start. Big 12. Baylor. Who's in the championship? Let's start with that. Kansas. Kansas. Know, I, no, I, no, no, no. Baylor, Oklahoma no, State, no, no. probably. Maybe Texas Tech? No, I think they can. I think they're both on the same side. I feel like it, it's probably going to be Baylor, Kansas. But I don't know. Okay, It'll be Baylor and someone. Because, you know, Baylor's that Yeah, you're good. Yeah, there's no rank above them. It can't be Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's on the same side as Baylor. No, I think so. Cade Cunningham, he'd already know what he's going to be doing. All he does is score, he can rebound, he can pass. He's similar similar to Trey Young at Oklahoma a couple years ago. Oh. Ankle injury. Ankle injuries are probably awful. I don't know. I think. That can limit him. Um, Let's go to Big Ten tournament. So we do have. Like Indiana, all those. Now, Michigan plays Maryland. Maryland's not good. They're inconsistent. No. They could be one of the most inconsistent teams, too. I think it's going to be Michigan versus. Not to win for Michigan State. Now, Michigan versus Illinois. Let me see. What do y'all think about Michigan versus Illinois? It could be. It's going to be Michigan, Illinois, or it's going to be Michigan. Or it could Iowa. be a Purdue. Purdue's a good team. It could be a. They're ranked like tenth or something. Or, Dude. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think there are now a lot of people are saying can make a run in the. Do you think that there's a chance that Iowa would play uh, Michigan for that? Uh, in, the, in the championship, yeah. I think. Yeah, Illinois, but I don't know. If, like that game's an evenly matched game because Luca Garza could have like a big game that he'll probably have like a 35 and 10 rebound at least. But if Michigan He's plays but, Illinois, you never know how Michigan can contain. Yeah, if Michigan plays Illinois like they did, I mean Illinois could upset them. Or like any team could, honestly. Yeah, I'm just saying, like Illinois is gonna be a front runner, and so that's gonna be a big game to watch out for. Oh yeah, definitely because of their depth and everything. So I think they can definitely challenge Baylor and Gonzaga. I don't know about Baylor. But they can definitely challenge Gonzaga and all that, Illinois. So, be looking out for that team in the uh, bracket this year. And then, uh, didn't did Arkansas lock SEC? I'm not sure. Um, the SEC is they're an interesting conference this year. I say, and Arkansas is an interesting team because they lost to um, Missouri and Tennessee while they were ranked, but they did beat Alabama. So, you don't know uh, no, what yeah. that oh, conference well, is like. Sorry, sorry. Alabama won the SEC. They're doing well. They're like ninth or like fifth in like the coaches' poll, and I think that they could. I mean, I don't, I don't see them going as far as like some of the other sleepers. Like I think, or sorry, I think if Oklahoma State and Alabama played, I think Oklahoma State would win. 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Oklahoma State has the edge over Alabama. Alabama has a great three-point shooting. Yeah, I think Alabama's a little overrated. They they had a good start, but then they lost to um Arkansas, and then they lost. I think buttered out. Yeah, yeah, Arkansas is good too. Like after that Arkansas loss, they had um, they've been like down the cliff a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And what about West Virginia? Wait, that was uh, West Virginia. Gonzaga probably will win the tournament. West Virginia's in the Big 12, yeah. They play Oklahoma State. Yeah, they did. Oklahoma State won. I mean, that's because Avery Anderson, the third, put up, like, 31 points. But you think West Virginia could play Baylor? Who do you think is going to win that one? I mean, you have to pick Baylor. I mean, they're on the same side of the bracket. They're on the same side of the bracket, so. Never mind. Um, I don't know. I just think. The Big 12 and the Big I mean, it would have been the championships. Yeah. The, I think that uh, Big 12, Big 10, both of them are just really uh, complex conferences that you, I don't know, you can't really pick a winner because all of the teams are very, very good. They just have so many ranked teams, they have so many good teams that you, it's, they're all interesting because you can make a case for any team to win or exactly. a lot of teams to win. And then you have uh, some of the others that are not really being talked about, but you know you have like North Carolina coming around in the ACC. Oh yeah, that's that's right. You have like Villanova and Creighton. And ACC is interesting. They got Florida State, Virginia, Georgia Tech's oh. probably the most hot. Yeah. All I'm saying is that uh, like Creighton and Villanova lost a couple games that they shouldn't have, but now they're back in at like ten, fourteen. And you know they're doing well. I don't know, I don't know if they'd really go that far, but I think it's nice to see them because I felt like Villanova was really good for a while. Yeah, like because they had those two championships like four, uh, four and three years ago. So you know they have a good coach and all that. They can build around anyone they want. And um, I mean I do see them as like a three or four seed just because Villanova, just because yeah. how. Well, they did have a good start of the season. They beat Texas at the beginning and all that. Um, Definitely. But I don't know how. Villanova's star point guard is a senior. A loss. That's true. Villanova could get knocked out really early. Their star point guard, senior, is done for the season. No, one more question. I think they're winning the Big East. One more question before we end. Who's everyone's winner for the uh, tournament? Oh, man. I I, I don't for think it's going to Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be like a classic. It depends side. No, I want to go like, I want to go with Illinois because they, you saw how badly they beat Michigan without the best player. They still have so much depth. So yeah, they can beat anyone. Illinois. Beat anyone. I feel I'll go with, like, it's going to be Gonzaga versus the winner of the Michigan, Illinois. Who will win yeah. that in the I, I don't know. Tournament. I feel like it's going to be an upset and someone that we're not going to expect. Like, I don't know. I, I feel pretty confident about Oklahoma State. They're not going to make it, though. Hey, I don't know. I mean... They're not supposed to. They're great. They had an appeal. What's it called? I don't think they'll make it. It's just the only reason they're doing this is because they have Kate coming here. That is true. A little bit of pandering. So, I don't know. If if they decide, hey, you can't make that, then, yeah, I think it's going to be 
let's see. Illinois versus Baylor, Michigan. I think Illinois is going to beat Michigan there. And then Loyal Chicago. Oh, yeah. But then if Illinois goes on, do you see them beating Baylor? Yeah, I can see them beating Baylor. I don't. It's there's a good chance it happens, but Baylor. I don't know because Baylor's they're just so good and all that. They, I say that all the time because they've beaten a lot of good teams. Baylor only has one loss. They were gonna play Gonzaga, but it got uh, canceled. So if, if you could see who won that game, it would. You could find out everything. I think Illinois could definitely beat Gonzaga, so I think it's gonna be Illinois Baylor in the final. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's all for this week. Um, We'll see you in two weeks because spring break next week, and we'll find out a lot about the tournament. So uh, stay tuned. My name is Caleb. My name is Ethan. And my name is Jace. And we're the Lone Stars. And today, we're going to be doing our usual talking about you know, Houston sports. Um, not has mu- uh, not that much happened since our last episode, but you know, Astros have been in spring training, so yeah, we'll just uh, see how it goes. Yeah. We start, you know, playing in the regular season. That's going to be in two weeks almost. So, like, as soon as we come back from spring break, season will. Start around that time. That'd be, you know, can't wait. So it'd just be interesting to see, uh, you know, just how they are, you know, how they play. Because we mm-hmm. don't have Springer anymore. So we'll see who fills that gap in hitting and yeah. building. So yeah, I'll just uh, see what happens. See what happens. Uh, um, yeah, well, she was gonna get in a like, springer spot, and, like, yeah, so she's gonna get a spot, and like, maybe who's gonna pitch? Yeah, I heard the pitchers, you know, they're, they're not we brought up some pitchers and uh, stuff, they're not that bad, they're not that bad, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, uh, just what happens. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so I guess you guys have anything, any thoughts, any other thoughts on that? You know, like hopefully, they like because it's a new season, they can like practice more and get better from last season. Yeah. So yeah. It'll be uh. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they make it to the playoffs like, you know, they haven't uh-huh. been doing. They usually so. make it to the playoffs. Yeah. Because, you know, they've been making it to the playoffs to pass, like, since, like, 2016 or something like that. Now they won 2016. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah be like, um, I don't know. I mean, like, hopefully, like, uh, Bregman sitting and uh, you know, maybe like Korea and Altuve got more consistent, yeah. Because you know, uh, those are something that were like kind of like problems, especially in the postseason, yeah. I mean, 
all those people they can hit really good, but they're just like in a slump kind of. Yeah, they're in a, they're definitely in a slump though. Yeah. I want to say like Korea and Altuve as much, but Bregman was definitely in a slump. Yeah, definitely Bregman. Like, you know, he could not. He like he better like two hundred or something. Mm-hmm. I think you know it was just. Yeah. You no, know, a little bit not not as good as we needed it. So it'll be interesting to see the hitting. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean that is like baseball is like our, the only sport we really have left in playoff contending because mm-hmm. with Texans just trading away like all of their players. Um, in the Rockets, Rockets too. Yeah, yeah. Rockets don't have you know no more James Harden, so it's just like a mm-hmm. yeah, it's just like all the sports are just falling apart. I want to be surprised. Maybe a few people get traded off the Astros in a few years. Maybe go to the Blue Jays. I'm not like a Blue Jays are definitely gonna be a contending team this year. So yeah. see, like, well, I like to see how they do too, especially you know with George Springer. They're good last year, and now yeah. they have George Springer too. Like, they're gonna be pretty good. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, what other teams do you think that they, like are gonna do good? Like, what teams? Yeah, I think the, the Yankees are usually good. Yeah, the Yankees. Yeah, so, yeah, the Yankees. Uh, They're like, oh, good. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees. Um, we would probably play the Yankees in the uh, one of the rounds in the playoffs. Yeah. Because like, we usually do like every year. Because, you know, they're in mm-hmm. our So, or I'm not, re- yeah, I'm not really sure what, like, what it's called. I forget. But, you know, they're, they're, like, on our side, you know. So, we have to play them before we go to the World Series. Yeah. Well, I would be surprised like, if, uh, we, you know, have to play them. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be yeah. an interesting game. Especially with, you know, they have Garrett Cole. And, uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're always known for just having good pitching, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd just be uh, interesting to see. Yeah. You guys have any other thoughts on that? It's like, that is, like, who do you think, like, is going to go in George Miller's spot? Because I don't really have a clue. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's not really like much like fielding wise, and more like um, sitting wise leadership. Because I feel like uh, the higher you go, the more like the less like what I mean. You, you like the fielding doesn't like you know the higher you are, like the fielding like just tends to get like more like competitive and stuff. So like everyone is usually like, on that same skill level. But, you know, hitting-wise and leadership and everything else, you know, that's where, that's where you know, people have to do good and stuff, you know. Like, because yeah. anyone can, like, you know, catch a fly ball and stuff. I mean, well, yeah. tough plays and stuff. There's always, like, those diving plays and, you know, 
there's, there's always like those like ones where you have to be you know all, all types of you know hits and all that you know that that can vary like you can like push mm -hmm. but like not that many other people could get so that that would be like a change but you know you don't really see that that's why they're called highlights because you don't really see them that much so, mm -hmm. so it'd just be um hitting wise i don't really think ao and like especially last season like I, I don't really think anyone could fill a spot last season for hating yeah it'll be interesting to see if um you know just someone can hit as good as him i guess anyone have you know any other thoughts about that no yeah, it'll just be yeah it'll be interesting to see like um you know how they that's how yeah, they do how hopefully you know they win a lot and anyone, ha anyone have uh, any other thoughts on just houston sports for football the um the texans they signed justin Britt, who he, he used to play for the seahawks so they're they need to start like yeah they need to start rebuilding for sure yeah because mm -hmm. the season is going to be starting again yeah, season to be starting again. They like have almost like no star players. Maybe besides like yeah. well, besides Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. So it'll just be um yeah. They need to start rebuilding and signing people as soon as possible. So anyone have any other thoughts on that? Well, like JJ or JJ Watt was traded. So, you know, like, the Texans are just falling apart, so. Yeah. Unless they need to, like, build back up and get better players and stuff. Yeah, it, I actually was pretty surprised at J.J. Watt this season because, you know, he was injured for the past, like, two seasons. Yeah. If they're going to come back and do, like, as good as he does, it's pretty good. Anyone have, you know, any thoughts on Houston sports? No. All right, we'll probably put it there. With, like, the Rockets, you know, they're not doing that good either. Like, they lost Harden. Yeah, they're the falling apart, too. They'll probably, they'll probably do a lot of stuff, um, you know, over off season. All right, we're going to have to end it there. Um, thank you for listening. We're the lunch shows. Thanks for listening. This is the Global Home Soccer, and I'm Brandon White, and I'm be talking about Liverpool versus Chelsea. Now, this game was honestly, I didn't really enjoy watching it, but it was a pretty good match. After all, Liverpool did have a new coach, and after that, they they really stopped being good. Though this match, everything started for fine. Though the sad part about it is a whole bunch of people were missing goals. And then finally, Chelsea scores the first goal, and sadly the only one, which was Mason Monton. And he scores it going straight through the goalie's leg and another person's leg. Which, honest, I think it was, what's that dude's name? 
Um, so after that, none of them scored. There were a few corner shots, and then there was this one dude that did a header, and that thing went across the whole the whole field. And honestly, I'm quite impressed how soccer players trained their head to hit that hard. It's honestly quite interesting. This is interesting stuff about soccer players. And seven people in Liverpool made seven shots, which they missed. One was actually on target, which the goalie blocked. Chelsea really had a good goalie. The Liverpool, Liverpool, I said, would be better. Liverpool would like, they blocked so many shots, it honestly quite impressed me. These two teams, they're talented for sure. Though, I think Liverpool isn't trying that much. Like, the goalie was definitely trying to. Everyone else was just like standing beside there, just giving the goalie more support, something like that. Though, like, you can even tell because Liverpool had most of the possession. They were just like passing it to the goalie, and the goalie would get all far away. And then, honestly, about that goal that Chelsea made, it was interesting because the dude just grabbed the ball when he was about to pass it to the goalie and kicked it. So they literally gave him an opportunity. And though, Liverpool's passes were actually pretty good. They were all on accuracy and they're all teaming, but they never actually went to the goal, which I never understand. And there was nine fouls from Liverpool. He, he fell for Yes. 
Today we're going to be talking about the PSG against Barcelona game. The final score was 5-2 aggregate. So, first we're going to start off with where, um, PSG deserved the win. They played better, um, better, better games, better, um, better everything. And Barcelona are going in a bad... Um, Bad season because Messi's about to retire and stuff. But Messi actually did a good game. He scored one goal, and and yeah, the first score was by Kylian Mbappe in a penalty, and the second goal was from from the, um, it was a screamer. From our nowhere, Barcelona have their goal. Their performer was deserved. No much luck. Messi picked up position from 30 yards out. But it was the time and escape. The Mercurio number 10 thumped an incredible effort into the top left corner. He had so much dip and power on it that now had no chance. It won in 5 2 on aggregate. And in the 45 minutes, um, Barcelona had a penalty. It could have been the most important penalty for Messi. Um, and he couldn't score. Um, and then on the 45 minutes and five minutes add on, 
Um, Busquets, Messi had a corner. Busquets flicks it with the back of his head, and and the goalie of of PSG stopped it. And and um, nothing much happened in the second half. And and I and I I would have the PSG. And thank you for listening to Global Home of Soccer. Welcome to our NBA podcast. In this podcast, we will talk about All-Star Day. The Skills Challenge got off the to skill. a fast start with the first matchup between Demontis Sabonis and Julius Randle. Demontis Sabonis was able to get through all the obstacles to make the three-pointer before Julius Randle did. The next matchup was between Robert Covington and Nikola Vucevic. Nikola Vucic got a win in the matchup. Dominic Savanas won the first, so he would face Luka Doncic in the second. Savanas got the W. He moved on to the final round. He would be taking on Nikola Vucevic because he won against Chris Paul in the second round. The final round got up to a fast start. But in the end, Sabonis made a three-pointer before Lubitschik could. Sabonis was the 2021 Skills Challenge winner. The three-point contest featured Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Zach Levine, Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, and Stephen Curry. The three-point contest got off to a weird start with Jalen Brown jumping into the rack and making and trying to and won a three. Jalen Brown got 17 points. Just teammate Jason Tatum was up next and got 25 points. Zach Levine was up next and got 22 points. Filling in for Devin Book. Mike Conley was up next. He finished with 28 points. His teammate, Donovan, his teammate Donovan Mitchell was up now. He finished with 22 points, tying with Zach Levine. The greatest, the greatest shooter of all time was next, and he dropped 31 points in the first round. The second round featured second Jason round Tatum, Mike Conley, and Stephen Curry. Jason Tatum went first and got 17 points. Mike Conley was next and got 27 points, setting the bar high for Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry didn't break a sweat, beating the score by one point. He scored 28 points. Stephen won his second three-point contest in his career. The All-Star game was a great game to watch all of the All-Stars playing with and against each other. Stephen Curry, Damian Lillard, and Giannis Antetokounmpo all dominated in this game. Stephen and Damian were shooting half-court threes and actually making them. Giannis Antetokounmpo was perfect on the field. He went 16 for 16 with two made threes. Then at halftime, 
of the game, it was the dunk contest between Cassie Stanley, Andre Simmons, and Obi Toppin. The dunk contest was a cool experience seeing the young guys uh, trying to shock the world. And Fernie Simons won the contest on the second round dunk. The second half of this All-Star game was super fun with more half-court threes and Giannis Antetokounmpo keeping his streak of made baskets. Team LeBron won 170 to 150. Giannis Antetokounmpo was the MVP. Team LeBron now has a four-year win streak. Uh, Giannis wins MVP with 35 points on a 6 for 16 shooting. Hello and welcome to the Shot Clock, your NBA recap podcast segment. My name is Ryan and I'm here with Ali, Abdul, and Edward. And this week is just going to be a general segment. I think we're just going to go over who's, stand, who's standing out, kind of general trends in the NBA. And if there's anything else that y'all want to talk about, uh, go ahead. So, Hello. Anything that really stands out to y'all just from last week? All right. So over the weekend, there were no games because of the All-Star break. And um, usually they do it over a course of three days. Friday having the celebrity game and the rookie game, and then Saturday dunk contest, three point contest, and skills challenge, and then on Sunday the actual game itself. But this year they all did they did it all on one day and Sunday. So they did the three point contest and the skills challenge before the All Star game, and they did the first half of the game, and then the dunk contest at halftime, and then the rest of the game. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, what, actually, what did y'all think about the dunk contest? Because I thought it was kind of lame, to be honest. Yeah, and they it's didn't true. have that much a good dunkers. They're probably not good dunkers. I didn't even watch it, but from the pairs. Because yeah, it felt like it's kind of it's three players that you wouldn't really say that they are who should be in the dunk contest, right? Like, I picture dunk contest, first two names are uh, Giannis and Zion, right? Because, of course, who else? <laughs> right, but, like... We got two bench players and uh, Obi Toppin. Imagine like, like the the winning dunks. Like wasn't um like um, Anthony Simons like what wasn't his like kiss the rim dunk the one that won? He tried to kiss the rim. He didn't do it. If he did yeah, it, know, that would be like pretty yeah, solid. He pulled dunk. out like four like 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 a solid four inches away from the rim. He pulled out. Man, I want to see him smash his face into the rim. If you're gonna do a kiss the rim dunk. Go all out, man. <laughs> Imagine if yeah. the star test was made out of three like players that have won the dunk contest. That would be more fun there. Then. Yeah, I think this was like this because this year, like it was at the halftime of the game. So like I don't think they're gonna eat use all-stars during the halftime because I think they're, like, resting or so. So, I mean, I guess they use bench players. And Obi Toppin and Cassius Stanley have been amazing dunkers. On Like, Cassius Stanley hasn't dunked once in his NBA career, but, like, he has high school and, like, um, yeah, AU mixtapes that are really cool and, for dunking. And um, Obi Toppin was really good at dunking in college. So I thought it was going to be solid, but, like, they both didn't show up and – and putting Simons ended up winning. Yeah, what about the third uh, and 
three point contest. I think I thought it would then, like, be interesting. Steph Curry winning the three contest, right? Like yeah, it really it, it looked like there. I thought uh, it looked like the three point contest was better than the dunk contest because it came back. It came to the last shot that was hit by Curry. Yeah, it was it was fun to watch. Like at the beginning, the first round wasn't like that big. Like I thought Zach Levine would do pretty good, but he only scored like 19. And then the final round went from it was like Tatum, um, Conley and Curry. And Conley actually gave Curry a scare. Like everybody thought Curry would run away with it, but like like Curry had to make the last shot to beat Conley. And yeah. Yeah, I thought of. The same thing. I thought Curry would go away with it, but it was closer than I thought it would be. Yeah, so now on to the game itself. Like, the game, like, I like the new format that they do it, like, playing for charity because it gives, like, the players a motive. Like, in the past, there wasn't, like, I was just a game for the fans. I mean, it was still fun, but now it's got a little bit more. Like, it's a bit, like, now I think they found the balance between, like, competitive and then, like, just like showing out for the fans. Yeah, also like I want like last year, Damian Lillard came up like scored like a couple of the last points that like he did last year to to win it for Team LeBron, a deep half, nearly half court shot. Yeah, Curry and Damian just like. Four half times, they just started chucking threes from half court, and they were making them, which was pretty crazy. And Curry even, was like, "Yeah, even though they were on the same team, you think he practices like, those? Yeah, you think because now I have the picture of just like Steph Curry sitting in a gym at like ten o'clock at night, all alone, and he's just practicing half court shots. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what he he always do. It's not like a new thing. He he has been doing this, and I think. A couple year, a uh, couple seasons into his career. Yeah. So other parts of the dunk contest, like I mean, of uh, the All Star game, like a couple times, Zion had some like like opportunities to make some electrifying dunks, but I think he like missed his first four, and then he caught like later in the game, he started catching lobs from like Kyrie and stuff like that. Yeah, and also, like, LeBron did pretty well. Like, he was dunking a lot. And then Giannis, he was the all-star MVP. He scored, like, 35 points on, like, perfect shooting, 16 for 16. And he also made, like, three three-pointers, even a step-back one. So, that like, like, Giannis was pretty cool to watch. And um, who else? Um, yeah, that was about it for the all-star end. So, like, now the pe- players are going to rest up for – I think games start. I think games have started. I think they started last night, or maybe tonight. I'm not too sure, but yeah. Yeah, I think it was a pretty decent All Star game. Like, I mean, it's kind of what you expect from one, right? Like, there wasn't anything like crazy besides the half court shots, but it wasn't like it wasn't bad. It was still fun to watch, you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's and, more competitive now than it used to be when it was like. I was just. I was just. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I. They, I, I. Yeah. I like this uh format too. It's more competitive for the, for the players and it's 
more fun i think for them too than it was like when it was like east versus west before yeah and like i think that it would have been more like even like team lebron on all four quarters raising like almost a million dollars for charity but i think it would have been more fair if like so first of all before the game like kevin Durant was just picking his teammates like in the first pick for the starters he picked Kyrie Irving and I guess I, I understand sort of because he's like their teammates but like there's better options out there like um Curry and Giannis so and then after that after picking not even that good in the draft like before the game it came out that um Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like one of like Kevin Durant's like best players on his team and Kevin Durant's injured too so but like they came out as um maybe like in contact with somebody that may, might have had COVID, so like, like the playing field was not even at all. Yeah, it was not even. They had like some of the best players for in team Durant were out, so it was kind of unfair. But at least the game happened, and they raised uh, some money for charity. So. Yeah. And now we're the season's like starting to approach on the trade deadline, and I don't know. So like, there's gonna be some contenders like wanting players like just like last week, um, the Pistons bought out Blake Griffin's contract, and he ended up signing with the, um, with the um, Brooklyn Nets, creating like a like an amazing starting five of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan. Oh yeah, I wanted to say something about this, but what do y'all think of the Blake Griffin trade to the um the Nets? Just 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 straight off. I'm not gonna say anything. I just want I just want y'all's thoughts. Like Blake Griffin. What do you think? Yeah, I think that like the Nets are the favorite to win the championship now. Um prob I'm probably I mean like it's But even though it's not the best in the conference, like I think Joel Embiid's gonna win. I looked up uh, Blake Griffin's numbers after the trade, and like he was not doing that well up until up until the trade, right? He was averaging like 12 points a game. He hadn't dunked since 2019, right? But I think a lot of that is kind of the lack of motivation to play with the Pistons, because like who wants to play with the Pistons, right? So maybe being being traded to a finals contender, maybe that'll kind of like stir something in him, you know? Maybe he'll kind of shift back into a role where he can kind of support uh, their big three and just kind of get something done, you know? Yeah, now uh, he has a jumper. Uh, he, he can't, he can't, like, he used to be known, like, as a donker. Now he, he just, like, working on his jump shot. And I don't know about that. Yeah. I feel like he needs and another. I I feel like they yeah and another I mean, thing, um like I feel like the Nets already have enough jumpers where they don't. So something that was kind of controversial was like Myers Leonard. He was like on like a stream, 
yeah, so he was on a Call of Duty stream, and then he, he like, like, was raging, and he, like, shouted out, like, a racial slur, and then now, um, like, the Miami Heat, they're thinking of, like, parting ways with him, and, yeah, so that's pretty interesting. All right, I think with that, our time is almost up. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, bye. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of our segment, Weekly Sports News, where we talk about the news that's happened during the past week, usually NFL. Today, we're going to be talking about the, all the free agents this year and where we think their best spot would be. All right. We're going to go off this list from PFF.com. Number one is Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who helped them win the Super Bowl. He's a Ooh. really good wide receiver. So where do you think his best spot would be, Palmer? Um, I'm, I'm not sure which teams need a new receiver, but... Um, let me see. Do you know any team with, uh, that needs a good offense? Some teams that come to mind are the Ravens. Yes. The Ravens need a wide receiver. Charles says to the Dolphins. Yes. Yeah, that, that sounds good. And they think... Their prediction under his name is that he will stay on the Buccaneers and get a franchise tag. The next guy on the list is wide receiver Allen Robinson. He is a very good receiver for the Bears, and everyone kind of knows he doesn't like playing for the Bears. Yeah, not not many people do. Yeah. And I think that he should I think that he should go to probably the Dolphins. Yeah. Seems good. Yeah. The Dolphins that that I think would be a good Oh, Charles says to the Steelers maybe. The Bengals are also in need of a wide receiver. Yeah, they are. The Bengals have not been playing very good. As well as the Eagles and the Lions. The Lions haven't been good for a long time, and I would like to see them. The only way someone would go go to the Lions would be if they offer them a huge contract, but... Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the Lions are just historically not a very good team. The next player is another wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, who's younger. He only played five games uh, this last season, but two years ago, he was like one of the best players in the league. So if a team signs him to a big contract, they're hoping that He's going to become really good because they haven't seen him play in a long time. Uh-huh. And the 
prediction that they have is for him to get franchise tagged by the Lions. What I think. I think he's going to try to leave and go to maybe a better team. He's going to pay him a little bit more. Give him a longer contract, such as Washington. I think that's a good spot for him. There's a young team with a young defense, so. Yeah. My prediction is Washington. Next up, we have the first non-wide receiver on the list so far. It's tackle for the 49ers, Trent Williams. And the teams that kind of need a tackle are the Bengals, which need basically a whole O-line, the Bills, Chargers, Colts. That's pretty much it. For the, at least for the good teams. So if I had to say where I think he would go, I would predict, first of all, staying with the 49ers. But if he was leaving, I think he would probably go to the Bills or the the Chargers or the Colts. I, you know what? I think he'd go to the Colts. That's my prediction. What about you, Palmer? Um, He could go to the Colts, maybe the Dolphins. Yeah, I've also associate. I've always kind of associated those with each other. Uh, just I don't. I don't know why. It's just they feel kind of to me like side teams, like teams that aren't really in the spotlight, but teams that typically do okay. Okay. The next guy is. The safety, the first defensive player, Anthony Harris. He's one of the best uh, safeties in the league. Many Uh teams need someone in their secondary very good. And the team that I think needs him most, probably, um, I'd say it's probably the Washington football team. I think they're going to try to build their defense. Yeah, I think that they they got to re- they got to revive themselves some. I don't like them, but I do feel like they need to do better. I think that Washington, their plan for the offseason should be getting a quarterback. If they think Heineke is a guy, then that's fine. And then getting a wide receiver. And finally, just adding one more key player to their defense, and I think they could be a contender for winning the NFC East. Not a contender. They would be the expected winner of the NFC East. Next up is another safety, Justin Simmons, who's a young safety for the Broncos. And as far as my prediction, I think that he will get signed back to the Broncos because he's one of their star players. Now the, the team is bad, but he's one of those exciting guys to watch it's one of their good players so yes i do think that he will be signed back to the broncos yeah next one is a huge player levante david linebacker for the buccaneers one of the best players on the bucks defense that led them to the super bowl and won the super bowl you know and yeah I think 
I think he probably goes to the Buccaneers, goes back. But if he doesn't go to the Buccaneers, I probably expect him to go to maybe the mm, Patriots, Pats. I don't know. Also, Green Bay. If he doesn't go back to the Buccaneers, his best, his thing, if he left, would probably be a trying to get as most the most money as he can. So. I don't know. I guess if it's not the Buccaneers, it's whoever offers him a way too big contract. Next Next is a wide receiver that last year was definitely one of the most exciting offensive players on the Texans team that we watch almost every week. Will Fuller. I don't think he will consider going back to the Texans as they are. Yeah, and the Texans are in deep trouble. I don't. He's probably just gonna take the most money, but I think the best fit for him would probably be Baltimore. Yeah, probably I just so. see him in a Ravens jersey. And yeah. So my prediction is Baltimore. I I think that that concludes our weekly sports news. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Leo Futa, and this is Soccer Champions. Today I'm with Kesar and Christian. Christian? Today we have a lot to talk about with the knockout with the knockout stages of the cha- with the knockout stages with the Champions League. Right now, a big win for PSG right now. Had just defeated Barcelona on the aggregation 5-2, which is with both games home and away. The the second game was 1-1. Juventus has lost. Porto against Porto. Uh, this is the first time I've ever heard of this team, and Juventus is gonna uh, is gonna be. I know they're gonna be getting rid of some players this year. Then we have Dortmund uh, against Sevilla. The second game was two two, but Dortmund on aggregation won five four. Liverpool won uh, against Rabzip Belgic. 4-2-0 on aggregation. That's 4-0. That's really good for Liverpool. And then, and then in four days from now, Man City will be playing Marching in Black uh, on March 16th, 3 p.m. In aggregation for that game, and Man City won the game before that 2-0. So I think Man City's going to win. And then we have Real Madrid versus Atlanta. And the aggregation for that, Real Madrid beat Atlanta 1-0 that game. And that's what we have right now for the, for some, that's what I have, that's what I think there is right now who's played. But that's not it. Uh, uh, Let me see. We have, oh wow, Byron is destroying Lazio 
Um, they will be playing their second game on March 17th, 3 p.m. The aggregation is 4-1. That means right now Byron beat the other team 4-1. I don't think that Lazio is coming back from that because before that, the aggregation for PSG versus Barcelona, which was game, the first game, was 4-1. And Barcelona lost that at home. They had to... They had to and the only way that Barcelona would have won that game if they, this new game is if they scored four goals. Uh, and, and they had to make sure PSG didn't score even one, but they couldn't pull that off because they will. They're going to pull it off, but PSG has a record for for kicking Barcelona's butt when they get of the Champions League. Because we, but we saw what happened in that game. We, were, I hope that would happen. And then we have Atletico Madrid versus Chelsea, one zero aggregation. Chelsea won the game of four. The next game will be on March seventeenth, same time as Byron. So that means those two games will be at the same time. Depends which one you want to watch. Chelsea is winning. And like I said, the goal that Giroud scored a beautiful bicycle kick. Beautiful. Top class finish. It looked offside to do some checking, but then in the game, he scored a bicycle kick. It was beautiful. I gave him the credit that he deserves. I don't even think that Leco Madrid has the right to beat him. The right to beat Chelsea right now. But... I think I don't. I think that that based on the way that both all the teams are playing right now, I think we'll be seeing another PSG versus Byron. Just because of uh, the, just because of how good they're both playing, maybe Man City may get in, in into maybe Man City or Dortmund may stop them. I don't. I think Real Madrid is going to tie with Atlanta. I'm going to need to go to overtime, and Atlanta and Atlanta might win. But and right now we have some big transfers with Dortmund, with Dortmund giving away their star Holland to Barcelona, and the trade is Griezmann for Holland. This is a big trade. Now Dortmund is a big team. All right, not the best team in Germany, but probably up there, third or second best. And Holland is a star player. Like he, and when he played for Ajax, he, and he didn't show off a lot, right? In the Champions League, I didn't look at Ajax in their normal league, but but when he went to Dortmund, he became a star, right? He's a he's I'm pretty he broke a world record. This is his first year, first or second year playing for Dortmund. He has scored 100 goals. That's, he broke a record between Messi, Ronaldo, and Mbappe and Neymar. He is a, he may be the next Messi or Ronaldo, but the next Messi is probably going to be that new kid on Barcelona. All right, but hey, Christian, you want to tell some stuff about anything that you have to talk about? Yeah, like the game from PSG versus Barcelona. We all know a few years back, um, like you were saying, they kicked um, Barcelona's butt. 
in the second half, Barcelona came back. They all thought the same, but probably this wasn't Barcelona's year. Just that Navas got some good saves in there too. They got good shots like Dembele, Messi, like Messi scored a beautiful goal from outside the box. And also in Sevilla versus Dortmund, So, but I, I have to say one thing, and that I'm Leo Futa, and this is Soccer Champions. That's the show for this week. Have a great spring break. We'll see you back in two weeks for another episode of One Hour Schoolwide.